Welcome to the Shred Shed Podcast. On this episode, I interview a good friend of mine and someone who's positively influenced my life in the past nine months. Ryan Mickler is a husband, father, Iraqi combat veteran, and the founder of Order of Man. Ryan grew up without a permanent father figure and has seen firsthand how a lack of strong, ambitious, self-sufficient men has impacted society today. He believes many of the world's most complicated problems could be solved if men everywhere learned how to be better husbands, fathers, businessmen, and community leaders. It has now become his life's mission to help men across the planet step more fully into their roles as protectors, providers, and presiders over themselves, their businesses, their families, and their communities. You can find him blogging and podcasting at Order of Man where he's working to help men become all they are meant to be. This episode is centered around motivation and gaining a better perspective on setting your health and fitness goals and achieving them. Ryan is a dynamic speaker and though not an expert in the field of fitness, certainly an expert on the art of being a successful man. Ryan Mickler, uh, tell me a little bit about Order of Man. What was your, uh, I guess, what's your mission? What's your vision? What, do you, what are you doing right now with Order of Man? Sure. Yeah, I appreciate being on the show and the the ability to have the conversation. Yeah, we started Order Man a couple of years ago, uh, and I I learned some things along the way. I don't have it all figured out about what it means to be a man, but I certainly learned a lot of things, some the easy way, more the hard way. (laughs) And I thought, what a great opportunity for me to share some of my story and share some of my message and take this journey that I'm on to become a better man and impart some of that learning experience, some of the wisdom, some of the pitfalls that I've stepped into with other guys. A lot of it came from about nine years ago, my wife and I actually split up and we were on the verge of a divorce. Uh, Fortunately, we saved that and and that's for another conversation. But uh, through some of those lessons and through my ability and desire to share that story with other guys, I recognize there's a lot of men out there who have experienced very similar things in their relationships, uh, similar backgrounds. I grew up without a permanent father figure in my life and there's a lot of guys out there who grew up without a father figure in their lives. So I really took this idea and this mission and a lot of the critical and, and practical things that I've learned in my own life and imparted those on other guys and shared those with other guys. So we've got the blog, we've got the podcast, and my goal is to help men become better men, better leaders, better protectors, better providers, so they can show up in big ways in their own lives and the lives of those that are responsible for. So we've been going for a couple of years, and quite honestly, it's really started to explode. I'm starting to hit that exponential growth curve, it seems like, and I think it's just a testament to the fact that a lot of guys want to have the conversations that we're, we're hosting. Yeah, right on. So in, in uh, I kind of see you, but uh, do you see yourself as a, a lighthouse or kind of a, not necessarily someone who has all the answers, but someone who is wanting to point men into the right direction? Yeah, I mean, I try to be, you know, I, I, I'm sure there's points in my life where I'm not. And if you're talking about the lighthouse analogy, it's the ability and desire to stand on the hill and spread your truth and talk about what's important to you. And you're certainly going to have people who don't appreciate it, who don't like it, who don't agree with it. And and we've had some negativity. I think that just comes with the territory. But for the most part, I'm willing to stand with my truth and the things that I've learned and the things that I haven't. Uh, I try to be authentic. I try to be vulnerable. I try to share what's really on my mind, the good, bad, and, and the ugly. And I think because I'm willing to do that, I think there's a lot of guys who connect and resonate with that message because we're so sick of being fed a bunch of BS, which says that everything is perfect and uh, you should have it all figured out. And if you don't, then you should be ashamed of yourself because you don't. And that's just not reality. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's really cool is uh, you have uh, the four or the iron four, right? We'll refer to it's the uh, where we look at life through self, health, uh, relationships and wealth. And that those are kind of how we structure our life and, and look at, uh, how to optimize our life as men. Uh, and inevitably, of course, uh, women have a similar, uh, alignment, but of course, yeah. <clears throat> I like how you, you 
Well, in, in the Iron Four, at least those four, the four corners or four pillars, if you will, of life, how inevitably all of them influence and bleed over into the other. And uh, I know we've talked a little bit about what that looks like. It's not necessarily a balance. It's more trying to find congruency between all four of those aspects so you can succeed in all of them and not one overcomes the other. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, balance is kind of a buzzword and it's very difficult to achieve, but you're right. And here's the thing is you can't make decisions in your life in a vacuum. If you make horrible decisions with regards to your health and your fitness and your exercise and nutrition and all the things that you're doing there, that's naturally going to bleed over into your lack of ability, for example, to continue on a career path or even advance and progress within your career. So I think balance is a very difficult thing. What I suggest when men are getting started on the journey of self-discovery and becoming better men in general is to find the lowest hanging fruit. And quite honestly, fitness, exercise, nutrition to me is the lowest hanging fruit. Everybody knows what to do. There's not a whole lot of secret. And I think it's something that you can see the tangible results of very, very quickly. But if you think about it, uh, the skills and the discipline that comes down to getting in better shape is the exact same skill set required to develop better relationships, exact same skill set to start a business. And so, again, all of these decisions you make are not made in a vacuum. They do cross over. And so find somewhere you can tap into, plug into, and then just watch, literally watch it transform the rest of your life. Right. Yeah, that's a great transition. And, and the fact that <clears throat> if you're picking that lowest hanging fruit of uh, you're seeking out to either lose weight or get in shape in general, uh, inevitably some of those other things come along, uh, those other aspects. So um, as far as <clears throat> what you've seen with other men, uh, what um, what has been what has made men the most successful? What what usually is the best way to start? How do you even get off the couch and, and get started? What's what's the uh, best practice there? Are you talking about specifically with regards to fitness? Yeah, with regards to fitness, that's right. Yeah, it's hard because there's a lot of guys who have literally been sitting on the couch for decades, right? And so how do you change that habit overnight? You don't. And that's the hard part is that guys expect to go into the gym or eat a little healthier for a week and see automatic results. And it just doesn't happen like that. I've been on a fitness and health journey uh, for roughly three, three and a half years. And I feel like just over the three years, I'm finally starting to hit my stride and, and really get into the shape that I'm, I've been trying to be in for so long. So I think recognizing first and foremost, that this isn't a immediate gratification thing. This isn't th something that you're going to do for the next 30 or 60 or 90 days that you are going to plant your flag. And this is where a lot of guys fall short with not only their exercise, fitness and health, uh, goals, but any goal in life is they underestimate the amount of time that it's actually going to take you in order to achieve those results. So having a clear mindset of, hey, I'm planning my flag. I'm doing this for the long haul. I'm not doing this to have the physique for the summer or for the cruise I'm going on, but I'm doing this because this is now a way of life for me. That's the mindset I think people need to have. Uh, from there, the, like you said, the first step, what is the first step? It's the lowest barrier to entry. We as men are naturally going to take the path of least resistance and, and it's difficult to get out of bed early, especially if you haven't done it for 10 years. It's difficult to drive to the gym. It's difficult to do these things when you're not in the habit of doing them. So I would suggest just building these habits. How do you do that? Well, it could be just getting out of bed 15 minutes earlier. Everybody can do that. You don't even need to think about that. All you have to do is set your alarm a little bit earlier. So set your alarm 15 minutes earlier and just make it a goal to do 
20 to 50 push-ups and then build from there, grow from there, set your alarm earlier from there. Uh, maybe consider a gym at that point. But whatever you can do to build the momentum and in a way, I don't want to say nurture, but in a way, understand that we are going to take that path of least resistance and don't jump into this thing with both feet because the reality is very few men are successful that way and can sustain that type of uh, turnaround for a very long period of time. Right. Yeah. We all want to be Mavericks and make changes tomorrow and it just doesn't happen that way. Right. I mean, uh, it would be awesome, but have some <laughs> right. patience. You know, Andy Frasilla with MFCEO talks about aggressive patience. And if you think about our society in general, not just men and not just in the context of what we're talking about here, but if you look at society in general, we want everything now. Like if there's a book that I hear about, maybe you recommend a book or, or something on this show, uh, somebody who's listening to the show can literally have that book in less than 24 hours in their hand. They could probably have it electronically in the next two minutes. And <laughs> yeah. so this is spilling over into all areas of our lives. And we think because we can get our hands on anything that we want at any point that somehow we deserve or we're entitled to a successful relationship or the job promotion or the six pack abs or whatever it is that we're trying to aspire to have. Right. Yeah. I like that start. So let's go back to you. You said that fitness was one of the, the, the key things that helped you, uh, transform some of the things, the other aspects of your life. And, uh, I know you went through quite a fitness transformation yourself as of weight loss and you're still in the process. Can you, uh, can we just talk about <clears throat> your background with what that looked like? Yeah. You know, if we, if we were to go back in high school, I was always pretty active. I was never a, an elite athlete or anything like that, but I did play three sports in high school. I played baseball, football, and I wrestled. <clears throat> and I, I didn't play any college sports or anything like that. And I was always a little bit better than average, I think is how I would describe myself. But it was always something that was important for me. But, uh, you know, as you get married and you have kids and you have a career and you have all these other things, you get a little softer in the midsection. And you let those other things take priority over taking care of yourself. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, I realized, and this all came to a head one day when uh, my kids, I came home from work and my boys, they jumped on my leg as they normally do when I come in from the office and they said, hey dad, let's go jump on the trampoline. And I vividly remember looking them in the eye and saying, I'm sorry boys, I can't. Like I literally could not because I was tired, I was exhausted, I didn't have the energy and, and I had to shoo them out the house to go jump on the trampoline by themselves because I as their father couldn't go do this thing. Wow. And that's the moment that I knew, all right. This this has got to change. Like I cannot continue down this path. I was fat. I was bloated. I was unhealthy. I didn't look good naked. It was just a it was just a bad time from a health perspective, which of course translated into my business and everything else. And I remember <clears throat> sitting in a parade one day, and uh, somebody came by with a CrossFit flyer. They were opening uh, opening a CrossFit gym, and I, I don't know if we needed to get into the discussion of what type of workout you necessarily should do, but I decided I'm going to give this a shot. And three and a half years ago, I remember walking into that CrossFit gym 50 pounds more than what I weigh today. And I've seen pictures and I'm like, who is that guy even? And <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's pretty cool to know in the, in a short period of time to be able to have the amount of weight loss that I've had, uh, some of the activities that I've participated in. I'm, I, I do Spartan races. I usually do anywhere from two to four per year. I just completed, uh, the end of last year, a 60 hour in, uh, Spartan endurance event. So it's pretty exciting, but more so than just the accomplishments, the health and and exercise type accomplishments. It's just being able to to outlast my kids on the trampoline. It's being able to wrestle them on the ground every night. It's just being available and present for my wife and my kids. That's awesome. Yeah, and I want to talk a little bit more in detail about what that looked like. And 
uh, we could dive into how uh, you being overweight and uh, realizing that your relationship now with your kids was affected by your lack of fitness. But whenever you started CrossFit, what are some of those barriers that, um, I guess, before actually joining were keeping you from, from actually just getting up, like you said, 15 minutes earlier and doing some push-ups or, or working towards a weight loss journey? Yeah, I think a lot of it. Well, for me, I can tell you one of the hardest parts for me as I started my fitness journey was actually get it, to get on the scale for the very short, first time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like I knew it had gotten bad, but I didn't know how bad and I didn't want to face the reality. And that's what most people will do is they'll just put this blindfold on and, and they'll live this life as ignorance is bliss. You know, if I don't see it and that's what my daughter does, right? She, like if she gets scared, she's going to cover her eyes and she thinks just because she covers her eyes, the threat goes away. And we laugh at that at a three-year-old who does that because obviously that's silly. It it doesn't work. Yet we as adults do the exact same thing. We just don't recognize we're doing it. And so I decided I've got to take this blindfold off and really step on the scale. That was difficult. Uh, Outside of that, for me to step foot into the gym for the very first time was difficult because, you know, there's people there and a lot of them are fit. They've been doing it for four, five years, ten years, an entire lifetime. And I'm coming in with this guy who's 50 pounds heavier than he should be, used to be an athlete, isn't anymore, has really let himself go. And I'm going to go work out with these people? Like what if they mock me? What if they ridicule me? What if they look like look at me wrong or make me feel bad or whatever? All right, the thousands right. of, of things that we say to ourselves. So I think that was a challenge, overcoming that fear. And then I think even before you get started, I think one of the, guys, one of the problems that a lot of men and women have, have a challenge with is what do I do? You know, like I, I know that I want to get in shape. I know that I need to do something. I know that I need to get out of bed early. But if I don't have a regimen or I don't have anything planned, like I, I always get a kick out of these guys that spend, you know, five or ten bucks and go to their big box gym. Nothing against the big box gym except it's like what do you do? Most people walk in. They kind of look around, walk around a little bit, maybe jump on the treadmill and or jump on the leg press. They do a couple of leg presses and they're like, okay, I don't know what to do next. So they leave. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. having a regimen or having some sort of system in place prior to you doing that is really going to eliminate and reduce some of the barrier that that you'd otherwise face. Yes. Right. So let's dive in a little bit deeper to uh, specifics. Uh, How did how did your weight loss journey? I'm sure there was a couple instances where you you tried some things, some approaches, some dietary uh, uh, approaches, or some exercise approaches. Found it didn't work. You had to switch gears and modify. Uh, what were some? What was that process like? It's so not like you me, just it's not like you ahead. just walked into CrossFit and uh, you did exactly what they told you and everything worked pretty as as uh, pie and you're good to go, right? Yeah, I mean, well, for the most part, if if I would have just followed what everybody told me to do, that would have been fine. But uh-huh. maintaining that type of consistency is difficult. So I experimented a lot with diets. Uh, I tried the paleo diet, keto diet, you know, all these different things. But I don't even like that word, frankly, anymore, because yeah. it, it it's almost like I'm trying to shortcut or hack the system. If anybody asks me what type of food I eat or what diet am I am I on now, I just say I'm on the healthy diet. Right. right. And it's really funny because people say, well, what does that mean? It's like, dude, think about it for a second. You know what's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah, just you know what's healthy. I think I think I and you would know um, you would be able to to write in this analogy if it's incorrect. But I think about it as term in terms of like a budget where someone says, "Well, I'm on a budget. I can't buy that." Right. And it's almost like it's a temporary thing, but it should be a habit. It should be normal, part of your lifestyle. And uh, there's no specific budget you should go on. It's just you know don't spend more money than what you make. Right. 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 Exactly. And that's how I looked at it. You know, for me, I started to experiment with the things that I felt good. And I'm just talking about nutrition at this point, the things that I ate that, that, that I had energy from, and then I felt awake. 
versus the things that I ate where I was down and didn't have energy and I felt bloated. And for me, dairy is, it doesn't, doesn't compute well with my body. So I eliminated a lot of that stuff. Like ice cream, I could sit there and eat an entire gallon of ice cream in one sitting. Obviously just eliminate that stuff. Uh, outside of that, it's, um, it, it's breads, pastas, carbs, those type of things. I got rid of those things as well because uh, I don't feel good when I eat those things and I can feel that. Uh, is there science behind that? Sure. Do I need it? No, because I can know how my body feels and know how my body responds and reacts. So outside of cutting out, uh, the sugars, the carbs, the pastas, those type of things and the dairy, Frankly, at this point, I don't measure proportions. I don't count macros. I just eat lean meats. I eat lots of vegetables, very few fruits, drink a ton of water, and that's kind of what I eat, you know? Yeah, right on. Did you uh, train the staple three times a week at CrossFit, or what did your exercise routine look like then? Oh, I jumped in full bore, man. When I started, nice. I went I went five days a week. So I remember the first week or two, my arms, I could not even literally move my <laughs> arms. And I was just destroyed. But I do have a habit of when I try something, I'm always willing to give it a full shot. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you dip your toe in the water when it comes to that stuff and, and, and assume that it's going to work or assume that it isn't, I don't think you're giving it a fair shake. So for me, I went five days a week and – you know, there's times where and it goes through cycles. It seems like I like I get in really good shape and then I ease up, get in really good shape and I ease up or eat really well for for several months and then I ease up. And so for me, the, the best thing that anybody can do is not to hit these home runs, but to be very consistent in their diet regimen and their nutrition regimen. When you do that and you and you build these consistent days of doing the small things very, very well, that's where you're going to experience success. Definitely. Yeah, I like that consistency or commit and consistent. Um, as far as your family, did you feel a lot of support from them or was it kind of a, a process they had to get used to you going to the gym and eating clean and all that? Yeah, I mean my goal was to do it before the, the kids and, and my wife even got out of bed. So okay. I went early and I went and got my workout in and immediately I felt so much better throughout the day. And they noticed that. They saw that. They saw me leading out. They saw me have more energy. And so, of course, they're going to be supportive of that. Uh, outside of that, the nutrition side was a little bit more difficult because my wife, frankly, comes from a family who loves to cook. They like the sweets. They like all this good food, good, hearty, wholesome you know, family cooking, which is great. Don't get me wrong, but it's not very nutritious. And right. so that has been a process. Um, my wife and I are, are very much on the same page. But we do like to enjoy our food, especially when the family gets together, the, the extended family gets together. So that's, that, that is a challenge. But uh, all of us can see the benefits of doing that. And, you know, my kids, my two boys, I've got four kids, but my two boys this morning, uh, they had found some weights. They had found a mom's weights laying around and they picked those up this morning, in fact, and they were doing curls and my other son was doing crunches. So we as men are – leaders, right? And the way that we show up, whether we're showing up in big positive ways or, or weak negative ways, our family and, and the people that rely upon us are going to see that and they're going to mimic those things. So a leader always goes first. He's somebody who's willing to put forth the work, put forth the effort. And if somebody's on board, great. If they're not on board and this comes back to the lighthouse thing, that's fine too. I'm going to do this. And because I'm going to see results and have faith that I'm going to see and experience results from this, I'm just going to have faith that people will follow. Brilliant. Yeah. And so my next question was in regards to how it affected your life, but you already answered that uh, you, you're you're becoming a model for your kids. I mean, you, you're almost ensuring that your boys are going to grow up and incorporate fitness, exercise and good nutrition into their lives as well. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, truly, we we are a mirror for them. And so if they look at us and they see this fat slob who's not willing to get off the couch or not willing to have a little bit of discipline and eat, eat correctly, what's the likelihood of them eating correctly or getting any exercise in? But if they see dad who gets up early, who puts the right fuel into his body, he goes on a run, he goes for walks with his family, he goes to the gym, man, they're going to see that and recognize, oh, this is just the way that we do it. Like it's not really even a question. This is the way that we do it. And so our children need that type of guidance and direction. And a lot of guys and women just aren't giving it to them. And it's no wonder why uh, a disease has run rampant and obesity is just, just outrageous because most people are taking this path of least resistance going back to what we talked about earlier. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I was a personal trainer in, a couple years ago and during my master's degree, and I've been in exercise and fitness for a while. I'm a teacher now, which is kind of odd. That's a different story. But <laughs> I see I see the uh, the full-on consequences of what you're talking about, um, working with kids and then also knowing uh, what can lead to the disconnect between parents and understanding the legacy they're, they're li- leading. Um, <clears throat> can you talk a little bit more about how – uh, your transformation, once you did lose that 50 pounds, what kind of changes happened in your life? Uh, maybe specifically in regards to your business and uh, in regards to uh, how motivated you were to get other areas of your life in shape and so on. Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously we talked about this before, how it all spills yeah. over, but I mean, the natural result of you getting in shape at the end of the day is basically having more focus, clarity, and drive. That's what I experienced. And because I had more drive, energy, focus, clarity, I could take that into the business world. And now I had the energy and the stamina to do what was required to see success. At the time, I was running my financial planning practice full-time And I immediately saw the results of getting into shape. My confidence was lifted up, the way that I communicated with my clients, the ability to sustain momentum and activity over long periods of time where competitors or other people might fall behind was unparalleled. And so um, obviously the result of that is a, a deeper connection with your clients. It's the ability to serve them better, which in turn produces income, the income that you want. So the business started to take off uh, with regards to my relationships. Obviously, the sex life was better because I felt confident about having my clothes off, right? So we have that component of it. We have my ability to be energized. So when I come home at the end of the day at five o'clock, six o'clock, whenever it was at the time, I could come home and I still had the mental and physical capacity and energy to continue to have conversations with my wife and wrestle around with the kids because I had that energy. And so obviously my wife and I grew closer because of that. So there's a lot of things that are just the natural byproduct of doing what most guys, all guys probably know they should be doing anyways. Yeah. Great. You had mentioned a little bit before about how your your wife comes from a family where you like to cook, you guys love food. Uh, some of the temptations I feel like, and this is related to specific personalities, but especially in men, where they get the momentum started, they've done the 15 minutes in the morning, just small fractional uh, progress, and then snowballed it to something bigger, and they're making transformations, they're seeing results, and they get to this point where they're dogmatic. Everything has to be in place, and it's a control uh, model now, and then the, their family may may not fully be in like they are. They're completely consistent. They're right on and it becomes dogmatic. Uh, how do you find, and I, I don't want to say balance because I know that's a word that we could dive into why it's not a good good approach, but how do you find congruency between, okay, I'm trying to eat healthy and, hey, I'm going over to my, my, mom, my uh, wife's families and they're going to have some pretty nice uh, meatloaf or whatever it might be. <laughs> advice, you know, sure. meatloaf is not bad. Okay. I'm not, 
listeners just It depends understand. on how it's made though, right? Yes, right. Because my mm-hmm. in-laws will put a ton of cheese in it and all everything else, oh, and it's man. awesome. It tastes amazing, but it's not as healthy as maybe I would like it to be. Anyways, yeah. to answer your yeah. question, uh, I, I stay pretty disciplined throughout the week knowing that there's going to be things that come up where I'm going to indulge a little bit. And I think it's okay to indulge. If you're so regimented and so strict in your diet and your exercise always – I think that's pretty hard to sustain. So I just got back from Men's Style Con in Atlanta last weekend, and I knew, you know, I'm going to be out at restaurants. I'm going to be out with the guys. Uh, so, so I was very focused throughout the week, knowing that I would probably indulge a little bit. So there's that component of it, and I think that gives you an opportunity just to to enjoy and and just kind of let your hair down, for lack of a better term. So there's that. But the other side of it is you can still go out with the guys. You can still go. I'll give you an example. When I went out, um, we went to a like a burger joint, a grill. So I got a burger and I took the bread out of that burger. I set the bread off to the side and I ate the burger, right, uh, for fries. Instead of French fries, I got uh, uh, sweet potato fries. And so that replaced – I could still have fries, but it was a little bit healthier. Is it perfect? No, but it's still healthy. Instead of a soda, I got water with, and put some lemon in it. Uh, and on the salad, instead of getting ranch dressing or some other type of fattening dressing on it, I'd put vinegar and oil. So you can still indulge in those type of things if you're just deliberate, intentional enough to say and plan ahead and, and recognize, okay, I'm still trying to maintain these nutrition goals. How can I still have fun and have food that's good and things that I enjoy and, and enjoy my uh, the environment and the people I'm with but still maintain? That just takes a little bit of planning up front on your part and a little bit of discipline to order what you know is, is probably a little better for you. Right, right. Why is it important for men? And we're gonna we're gonna focus on men here, even though a lot of our audience is women. Uh, but why is it important for men to attend to their own health, uh, as far as er- other areas of their own life? Uh, we kind of fragment, uh, or or we want to make uh, draw little lines and boundaries across different areas of our life. And you know, I'm gonna go to the gym now because I want to get big or I want to lose weight, and then I I leave and I don't realize the effect of my actions on other aspects of my life. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think we've kind of addressed this a little bit, but at the end of the day, taking, what do you want? I mean, think about what you want. You want more money? You want a deeper relationship? Do you want to start a business? Do you want a promotion? Like, what is it that you want? You find that out. And I promise that you are going to move closer when you start to take care of yourself. Uh, I want to elaborate on that. So you're asking if you, if a guy is really motivated, he has goals and he's sincere about it, then some of those other things are going to come in line, including his, his health and fitness, right? It's almost inevitable. Well, and, and the other side is I'm not interested in six pack abs for the sake of having six pack abs, right? Like that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not, I'm interested in functionality. I'm interested in practicality, right? So I don't go to the gym just so I can check off a box and say, I go, I, I'm going to the gym. The reason I choose to go to the gym is because I know that if I do, I'm more engaged, more energetic, and I have more clarity and focus throughout the day, which translates to the exact things that I want. A better relationship with my wife, deeper connections with my kids, uh, a growing and thriving business where I'm serving people at my max capacity and therefore I'm making an increasing income. These are the things that I'm interested in. And so a lot of guys will go through these motions so they can look – and I'm talking about exercise specifically – so they can look – they can have the aesthetics, right? The big muscles, the abs, the pecs, the guns, the calves, whatever it is they're trying to get. Right. And it's all reality. It's like, well, that's that's great, and but how does that serve me? 
Mm-hmm. And if it if you can't mirror your health to how it's actually serving in things that really matter. So here, I guess that at the end of the day, here's what I'm trying to say. Health in and of itself is not necessarily the end result for me. The end result is these other things that I'm trying to accomplish using health as one of the mediums to help me establish some of these other goals that I'm that I'm striving for. Yeah. Wow. This isn't church, but amen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> indeed. So really you're getting at, you've got to ask the question, am I, do I really want this and why do I want this? Because if it's if I just want it because that's what people are telling me I should do, then it's I'm, that's really not motivating enough. It's not going to last. Well, and, and the other side of that is if you look at a guy, let's say you see this guy out of like Men's Health Magazine and you think, well, I want that guy's physique and that's your sole motivating factor, you're going to be sadly disappointed because number one, you're not going to get it as quickly as you would like. Number two, those pictures are photoshopped, so that's not even realistic. Number three, that just may not be your body type. Right. And so you set up these false expectations for yourself because you're using external motivating factors when in all reality, it should be I'm going to go to the gym five days a week and I'm going to eat this and I'm going to sleep this way because what I really want is to start my business. What I really want is to save the marriage that's been struggling for the past three years. What I really want is to raise my kids the way that I wish I would have been raised when I was a child. And health allows me to get to that point. Man, powerful. Uh, that's great. And, and on that, uh, it's sometimes hard. The biggest barrier oftentimes, and like you said, is getting started. And what I've found in my own uh, experience with folks who are trying to lose weight and with uh, seeing other guys kind of struggling along committing is they don't find that community to check into. They don't find a, a cohort or a tribe of other men who are who are trying to get – to where they're going or who maybe already are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some what are some practical ways that you, some men can find that? You, what's really cool about the internet age, the digital age, is that you can actually find that online. And, and I'm kind of steering you into the order of man and now in council, what you have to offer and what you've built up in this, this uh, international tribe of guys who are striving after the same things. But what are some ways to get started? If, I, if I'm saying, hey, I want to grow my business, I want to enhance my marriage, my relationships. I want to be a better father. And I also want to improve my, myself and the legacy that I'm leading. Where's a, a, a good place to start? Yeah. Well, I'm going to deflect a little bit. I mean, okay. order a man and, and the digital age is, is great. You know, I would love to have any man there who is interested in improving himself. That's uh, one of the beauties of, of what we set up. But that being said, it doesn't have to be. And there's a lot to be said for face-to-face as well. So I'm actually releasing a podcast tomorrow. As of this recording, it'll be tomorrow. It's called Join or Die. And essentially, it talks about our the importance of joining a tribe, a brotherhood, a collection of men, or you're figuratively going to die. You're going to live this mediocre life. You're going to live in complacency. And you're going to look on your deathbed and wonder what the hell happened to your life. Right. Uh, so it is critical that we do this. So now that being said, how, how do we do it? I think first and foremost, you start identifying and taking inventory of the people already in your life. Literally get out a piece of paper, start writing down names. Here, this Doug's in my life, Ryan's in my life, so-and-so's in my life, so-and-so's in my life. Here's who I'm spending time with. And then you need to go through and you need to recognize, is this person somebody I should limit my interaction with or is this somebody I should increase my interaction with? And so you start inventorying the people in your life and I, I think you'd be surprised at how many people are in your life that you could actually develop better relationships with. Uh, by by design, being deliberate about that so that you can start to build up, like you said, this cohort, this group of people. Outside of that, once you've uh, inventoried your, your current uh, relationships, 
look to people who are experiencing the results that you want to experience. So for me, I saw these guys going into the gym three years ago and I recognized, hey, these guys are fit. Uh, they have their health in check. They look, they look good. These are the types of guys that I want to be around. Where are they going? Surprise, surprise, they go to the gym, which tells me where should I be? I should be at the gym. And so I go to the gym and I assert myself into the environment and situation and I'm able to now have conversations with these guys. And it's as simple as saying, hey, coming up to Doug, hey, Doug, it looks like you're in shape. You know, I, I, I want to ask you, how, how did you do this? And asking very simple questions and engaging in the conversation. Go where those people are who are experiencing the success that you want and be humble enough and drop the ego enough to ask them questions on how they did it. You're, you're not going to find anybody who's going to turn you down. In fact, if anything, they're going to want to help because they understand the situation you may find yourself in right now. Yeah, that's great. That's something that uh, abs or um, concretely that we're trying to create too with the shred shed is for years now, my brother and I have, have rigged up kind of a, a backyard gym and just recently it's starting to come to substance and we have guys that meet with us Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we all train together. And awesome. that's, yeah. that's really where the accountability hits. If you don't show up, you get from us. Right. Uh, you know, and so <clears throat> uh, I like how you, you touch on local is really important because if you're, that's great if you're coming on and you're being held accountable uh, online. Uh, who's to say though you, that you're telling the truth? Uh, it's very difficult, but uh, the support there is is still it's still opportune, it's still something to, to capitalize on as well. Sure, yeah, and we talk a lot about accountability, and and accountability is great. There's two tiers of accountability. So there's this lower tier, which is accountable to other people. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying like it's it's not a good thing because it's on the lower tier. It's just the easier barrier to entry. So the lower tier is like what you're talking about, your group of guys, Iron Council, Order Man, my group, those type of things, uh, being accountable to other people. There's a place for that. But then above and beyond that in the higher tier is being accountable to yourself, which is essentially being a person of your word. I said I was going to do this and because I said it, that's the only reason I need to actually follow through on that. That's when you get to that higher tier of accountability, which is being a man or a woman of your word and being accountable to yourself. Yeah. That's that's so true, and you, we all know if we're being honest deep down, we can lie to everybody else except for ourselves. Sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, we're wrapping up here, uh, and and one thing I do with all my guests is uh, try to to pull out uh, five uh, practical takeaways. And so what that looks like is best practices. You know, in, in the medical field or in most professional fields, they have what's called best practices, the, the things that for sure have been proven to work. And I want to take that uh, and it could be different for whoever maybe, you know, maybe you're not an exercise expert, but you've seen these things work in yourself and others. Uh, for you, what are, and it doesn't have to be five, it could be three, but what are the top uh, practical uh not necessarily clean cut, but but definitely detailed ways or approaches or habits that you've seen men be able to adopt to become more healthy and fit. Yeah, so um, I I think maybe first and foremost is is trying to wake up earlier. I think I think you'd be surprised at how much you can get done when you get up earlier, and especially when your phone and everything else is not distracting you, and and you're getting bombarded with emails and social media requests and all this other stuff. So getting up earlier was going to give you the margin you need to implement some health strategies into your life, whether that's physical exercise or meditation or whatever it may be. So that's that's first and foremost, get up earlier. Uh, number two is daily exercise. I don't think it's enough to do it one or two or even three days a week. I think you need to do something every single day because we're talking about building habits 
not necessarily just going and getting in shape one hour or two hours every other day. So if you can build ha- – and it doesn't have to be go to the gym for four hours a day. Like your your exercise on Sunday could be going for a walk with the family. It could be something – or jumping on the trampoline. But daily exercise is critical. Uh, one of the things that's really helped me, number I guess for number three, would be to drink a lot of water. The more water I drink, the better I feel. And so I try to drink at least 100 ounces of water per day. Sometimes I do that and other times I fall off. But when I do that, it actually uh, quenches my uh, my desire to eat a bunch more. So I don't, I'm not as hungry. And it eliminates maybe other drinks like soda or coffee or anything else that you may feel inclined to drink if you just drink a lot more water. So that's one thing. What else? Uh, stop eating after you give yourself a deadline. That's one of the things I did. Like I don't eat after seven o'clock because I know after seven, that's when I kind of shut down for the day and I'll sit there with my wife or we'll talk or we'll be working on a puzzle or we'll be watching a show. And that's when I could really start binge eating. So I put a a limitation on when I stop eating. And for me, it's at seven o'clock. I don't eat after seven. Uh, I guess that's four, but I guess those are four pretty practical things that, that I've used that have helped me. Yeah, that's brilliant. Those those are all great uh, pieces of advice for sure. Um, well, Brian, I really appreciate you uh, coming on and, and uh, joining me. Where can people find you? Where can people look to uh, get more information about Order of Man, Iron Council, whatever else you're putting out? Yeah, you bet. The, so the headquarters is the best place. I appreciate that. If you go to orderofman.com, you'll find the blog, the podcast, the mastermind, which you said is called Iron Council. Uh, we've got a, a live event that we've got coming up the end of April. All of that stuff is at orderofman.com. So if you go there, you'll be able to find everything that we're doing. Right on. Okay, Ron, uh, appreciate you having me on and, and the information that you got. And uh, some of that, I think, is going to really motivate some folks. Right on, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, guys, I hope you got some great information out of that episode. As always, go and rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. And follow us on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. We're posting some great content as well as the blog. The blog is running new posts every Monday morning. And right now we're running a series on pain and training and what that looks like. You'll find some great information and uh, learn some new stuff. Until next time, keep shredding.